0: Hey everyone, this is Neha here once again. Monsoons are finally here and we can take a rest from the heat, like how bad was it a month back, right? So last time we introduced you to mutual funds and the different avenues through which you can invest in them directly through a distributor or an advisor. This episode, we will dive a bit deeper into some concepts around mutual funds. I have here with me Richa, who has been a passionate debt market dealer for 12 years, who then joined our mutual fund distribution team and is now heading our Armata's Pune branch. So Richa, let's start with the different types of categories. From what I know, there are several, maybe even too many, types of mutual funds that one can invest in based on their needs and requirements.
1: Hi, Neha, and hello everyone. If we go by semi-categorization, even after an effort by them to reduce the categories, there still are many. Glancing without knowing may confuse someone from a non-financial background. However, what really excites me is that nowadays I get many calls from friends and family apart from clients who actually call me with a book and a pen and ask about mutual fund categories. Investors are making an effort to be more aware nowadays. So basically, SEBI has categorized mutual fund schemes broadly into five groups, which are debt uh, schemes, equity schemes, hybrid schemes, solution-oriented schemes, and other schemes. But for the majority of investors, the first three are the most important ones, you see.
0: It's really awesome that your friends have been calling you with a book and pen. Hopefully, a podcast like this should help them. Um, So anyways... uh, Can you give me a broad idea of the categories? Just something high level that is easy to digest? Trust me, it's not really that
1: complicated. First, we need to understand that categories are either based on investments in your debt markets or equity markets, or maybe different combination of debt and equity. As we have already discussed in the last episode, when we invest in equity, we get some ownership of the company in which we are investing in whereas an investment in debt means you are lending your money at some interest.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do remember this from the previous episode. Um, Maybe for this episode, we can focus on debt markets and get a better understanding of that. What do you think? Oh, yeah, that's my space. Uh, Like I told you, that the most important
1: thing for our investors is to understand that when an investor is investing in debt mutual funds, his money is actually being lent to an institution or corporate by the fund manager he chooses. At some rate of interest and some, in some cases also against a collateral. So basically, the fund manager is the guy who strategizes, negotiates and invests our money in the market on our behalf. When the fund manager lends money, he gets into a contract with the borrower. These contracts are called debt securities or bonds. Interest payments can be when the bond matures or at the predetermined intervals until the maturity of the bond.
0: From an investor's perspective, then, the interest rate sounds quite important. This is the way an investor would make money from their investment, right? Yes. What your
1: fund does it, does is it tries to make interest on your invested money. The interest may be reinvested in the market if you choose a growth option or given to you as dividend depending upon the option you have chosen while investing. So finally, when you redeem, you get the market value of the units you got from the fund while investing, as the fund manager may have to sell the bonds at market price to liquidate the investment. And then after selling, they deduct the fund management fees and then pay you.
0: But this seems a bit risky, Richa. A lot of things could go wrong. The company might delay or not be able to pay my loan back. Is that possible?
1: Uh, It can be risky or complicated. And that's why we pay the fund managers, right? They have to ensure that they do proper due diligence before investing our money.
0: Then if so much depends on the fund manager, what things should I look out for in a fund manager to be able to choose wisely? You should look at his qualification, experience,
1: and past performance. Although for past performance, you should be careful that it might not be very indicative of future returns because his view on the interest rate may not play in his favor this time or his commitment towards his work may reduce. That is why you should look at the complete package, which is not only the fund manager, but also his team of the market analysts and the fund house as a whole.
0: And how does he ensure that the company will be able to pay my loan back plus interest? What if the company goes bust? Will I lose all my money then?
1: Fund managers invest in the companies as per the scheme category you choose. So it's important that you choose a category as per your risk appetite, your investment horizon, and your view about interest rates. Then there are credit rating agencies approved by uh, RBI, which does a credit check of the company and gives them a rating accordingly. Plus, recently, I've also observed that a lot of mutual funds have their internal team as well to double-check the credit quality and reliability of the companies they plan to invest in. So before investing, fund managers try to study the company properly, I think. Still, if the borrower goes bust, then uh, you can either get your money through a collateral or bank guarantee if it was a part of the contract. You also have SEBI trustees appointed by SEBI mutual funds and AMFI uh, who try to take care of investors' interest and ensure that proper risk management is being followed as per the fund's mandate. However, as a, market, uh, as a mutual fund investor, always remember that mutual fund investments are subject to market risk.
0: This sounds really reassuring. There seem to be a lot of entities to protect the investor, and there are many levels of checks done by the various organizations before it even reaches the investor. Anyways, clearly this is not something only in the fund manager's hands. Will I know what returns to expect when I invest in debt mutual funds?
1: Contrary to the popular belief, there is no fixed return concept in mutual funds. It's not possible to know the returns while buying mutual fund units. Your return depends on the money in the system and the interest rate scenario when you sell your mutual fund units, as compared to when you purchase them. So there are multiple factors which affect the interest rate scenario. It can be demand and supply for money, the inflation, the global interest rates, fiscal deficit, government's borrowing, central bank policies, just to list some. The central bank, which in our case is the RBI, has the power to tweak interest rates to some extent as they have a mandate to maintain certain inflation in the country. Plus, they also have to act as the government's banker.
0: So, uh, Richard, does the tweaking of the interest rates by the RBI affect the interest rates of my investment?
1: To answer your question, let me first tell you about why central banks tweak rates and how it affects the economy in general. So, like I said, the RBI acts as the banker of the government. It has to help the government borrow money at at a reasonable interest rate from the market and at the same time maintain the inflation in a mandated range. So this balance can be maintained by maintaining the right amount of money in the system. Excess money in the system can cause inflation and too little may hamper the growth of the economy. We all understand that the interest rate we charge on any kind of loan is a function of demand and supply. So the more the demand, the higher the interest rate charged and vice versa. In the same way in financial markets, central banks control the extent of excess money to change the interest rates. They use tools like purchasing or selling bonds in markets to infuse liquidity or reduce money in the system or by changing lending rates to banks which penetrates the entire economy. Okay,
0: got it, got it.
1: Now, let's take a pandemic example, Neha. Uh, The central banks across the globe infused a lot of money in their markets to help governments borrow cheaply to support their citizens. This eased the pain and people got some purchasing power. It was helpful for some who lost their jobs and were unable to run their businesses. Now, even though the cost of borrowing money was cheap, people wanted to stay safe and spend only on highly essential items. During the pandemic may worsen and, uh, you know, they may need more money later on. Now, due to lack of demand, manufacturing of goods reduced, worldwide lockdowns reduced, the traveling of people. All this led to a reduced demand for one of the most essential commodities, which is oil, making the oil producing countries conservative by producing lesser oil. Now, as the regular activities have started, slowly the demand for goods, which uh, people had held off at the peak of the pandemic, has increased. People have money to buy, but the supply of goods is not sufficient. And it's not only because because the manufacturers have not started producing to their fullest capacity, but also because of the war between Russia and Ukraine. They are the biggest exporters of oil, gas, and some important food commodities. High demand and uh, low supply has increased the price of goods drastically, taking inflation numbers much beyond the comfort of the central banks. So now RBI is trying to reduce the demand to bring down the inflated prices by reducing money in the system, or so to say, money in the hands of the people. Uh, Now let's take a simpler example. Uh, Suppose you want to buy a house on loan. You will not think much if the interest rate charged by the bank on the loan is low. However, if the interest rates on the loan are very high, you might prefer postponing your decision or even change your mind about buying the house. So basically, your demand for the house has reduced. So how how did this happen? Uh, If RBI had decided to increase the cost of money to banks by increasing the interest rates, the banks will have to pay more to its depositors who have saving accounts or FDs with them as the cost of getting money has increased. And to compensate for that cost, the banks start charging higher interest on the money it lends to the borrowers. So the borrower has an option to go to the mutual fund for money. But now mutual funds can take advantage of the situation and also charge more interest than it was charging earlier from the borrower to compete with the FD returns and attract more investors. After all, mutual funds also want to run their businesses. So do you see how interest rate tweaking by RBI is penetrating the market? And uh, to answer your question, Neha, this is how tweaking of interest rate affects the economy as well as the value of your investments.
0: That was an absolutely amazing explanation, Richa. uh, It really sheds a new light on my understanding of the uh, of the way interest rates are, you know, uh, economic factors affect interest rates for my investments. Um, it does feel a bit overwhelming, though. I didn't realize that there were so many things, like even things uh, globally that would affect my investments, uh, uh, you know, at this level.
1: Exactly, Neha. With economies opening, manufacturing companies need oil. People also need oil to travel to work. Plus, when you you have extra money, you know, your purchasing power increases. And you don't mind purchasing what you want at a higher price. So as a result, inflation increases and starts reducing the value of your savings. Now, the central banks have started to remove that excess money infused to help reduce inflation. They do this by increasing the interest rate on money being lent.
0: And if the interest rates are increased, then do I make better returns?
1: Oh, yeah. It's true for the investments you make now. However, the money which we invested when interest rates were low will give you interest which the fund manager had agreed upon, which was, which is lower than the prevailing interest rate. So in order to take advantage of the rising interest rate environment, an, investment, an investor can invest in a debt category called floating rate funds, where your money is invested in instruments whose interests are pegged to some benchmark rate which are reset on a pre-decided intervals of time, you know. And hence, the fund yield adjusts as per the market rates.
0: So then, should I redeem my old investments and reinvest them at a higher rate?
1: In the case of open-ended funds, redemption is allowed. But if we decide to redeem our money, the fund manager may have to sell the bonds he purchased at lower yield, at a much lower price to compensate the buyer who has an option of lending at a higher interest at in the current market. So the current fair value of existing investment is done on a daily basis using a method called marking to market. And it's reflected on the daily NAV. So to decide whether to keep your existing investment or not, we need to see the returns we are making post-tax along with the carry. And by carry, I mean the regular interest being paid to the bondholder.
0: And how can I identify a good time to invest in these debt funds
1: there's frankly no right or wrong time to invest you can never time the market plus i was reading some research which says that the cost of waiting for a perfect time may be far more than the benefit of timing and you can never be perfectly right about the markets we are humans and we will never be satisfied with what we get right like they used to say, in, a, in some uh, soft drink ad, I think, uh, dil mange more." So invest when you have to, and choose a category which you feel will take care of your financial uh, plans. Uh, So to reiterate, if you know your investment horizon, your financial goals and have some fair idea about your risk appetite, then all you need to do is choose an investment category accordingly. And that is why knowing these categories, which are actually your investment avenues is so important. You can take help from your mutual fund distributor by asking him all the schemes in the category and then choose an appropriate scheme in a more informed way.
0: Maybe we can expand on how the various categories relate to your financial planning in a future episode. But for now, let's just complete this whole circle from investing to when to invest and now to exiting the contract before it matures. What are the consequences for that?
1: Open-ended funds can be redeemed anytime during market hours. So if you had a close-ended fund like a fixed maturity plan, then either you'll have to wait till maturity date or you will have to sell it in the stock exchanges. Just remember that some open-ended funds may have a lock-in period, in which case a predetermined exit loan may be deducted by mutual fund from your final repayment if you, you know, decide to redeem before the lock-in period. So in reality, the process is a little longer. See, the scheme you have invested in not just has your money, but is a pool of money invested by many investors which in turn is invested by fund manager in multiple bonds. The portion of your holding is in the form of the units which is given to you. You can see that on your account statement also. Now in a day, many investors may want to get their money back. The fund manager, accordingly, he sells the bonds he has. So the more the buyer he finds in the market, the better value you get for the units held by you and vice versa. In fact, they do the valuation for all the units in the mutual fund scheme as per its demand and supply in the market on a daily basis, which is your NAV you hear all the time, Neha.
0: Ah, so that's what NAV means. I keep seeing it everywhere. I'm glad now I have a better understanding of it. (laughs) Um, So anyways, I think this was a fair bit of information for one episode. So maybe it's time we wrap things up. Any last pointers to our listeners, Richa? Yes,
1: one last piece of advice for all our investors is to always read the offer document of any scheme to see the credit quality of in- instruments where the fund invests your money. The instruments are nothing but debt securities, so do see if the debt securities your money has been invested in ha- in have been issued by borrowers who have the capacity to repay your money.
0: Great, thanks so much, Richard. This was all super helpful, and looking at my portfolio in a new light now and keeping an eye on inflation too around the world um so thank you for taking out the time to explain these concepts to us
1: it was my pleasure Neha.
0: thank you listeners if you have comments or feedback please do so in the comment section if you would like to hear about something in particular in a future episode do that as well and remember Any kind of investing is risky and make sure you get all the information before doing so. Mutual fund investments are subject to market risk as we learned in this episode today. So take care and see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye.